take another step in the series, and I want us to, to understand it um, together. We will get it. So Hebrews chapter 12 from verses 18 to 20, and I'll read quickly. It says that, For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message should be spoken to them, for they could not endure, uh, for they could not endure the order that was given. If, if even a beast touches this mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear, but you have come to Mount Zion. Please note that the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the, to the innumerable company of angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of righteous, righteous men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a better covenant, uh, 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 and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who, who, who won them on earth, much more less will they escape if we reject him who wants from heaven. At, the, at that time, his voice, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Are we still together? Okay, so the word says, then it says this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may, may remain. Now, please watch this carefully. It says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. He says, we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. We're receiving. I'm going to share with you on, we'll see where we, we get to. Amen. We, we gotta, we're going to receive the word of God at the pace that's necessary. I'm going to share with you on sound, voice, lens, and sight. That's a whole lot of things. I just, you, know, you know what happened? Really, was I, was, I was just literally walking. And the Holy Spirit just dropped that into my spirit. And it was, that was how he rendered it to me. Okay, so it's faith meets culture, right? I'm going to share with you today on sound. Someone say sound. sound. Someone say voice. voice. Someone say lens. Yeah. And then sight. Yeah. This, the scripture, are we still, is everyone here? Okay. You know, it's important that you, you get something out, out of God's word. Amen. It's important. The scripture that we, we, we read um, I feel that it flows very well with what we have been learning. We learned a lot last month about the glory of God. Last week, we learned about the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And in this same kind of flow, in this same theme, um, um, the Bible here in the book of Hebrews, the, the theological context is um, the book of Exodus, I believe, round about Exodus chapter 19, where God was preparing to give commandments to, to Moses and God um, had said to Moses that the people should not come too close to the manifestation of his presence. Because God said to them that, he said, God said that it was so serious that even if an animal came close to the mountain 
on which God manifested himself, God said that that animal would have died. So God gave some instructions. And the Bible goes on to talk about how in this whole manifestation of God, the Bible talks about how there was smoke and there was sound and it was loud and it was terrifying. Moses, even Moses who um, had walked with God, um, was he himself was terrified, even though he had gotten close to God. Are we still together? Okay, just to give you the context. So when you really read what um, Hebrews chapter 12 is, is referring to, there are some very key concepts in this encounter that the people of God had in Exodus. Now, I put it this way, that it was broken down into the things that they saw. Someone said the things they saw. The things they chose to see. That's important. Are you with me? <laughs> All right. Then the third one is the things they heard. Someone said the things they heard. And then number four, how they interpreted it. Does that make sense? Right? The things that they saw. When you read Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews 11 is interesting because we're, we're in our faith meets culture series. Hebrews 11, the author of Hebrews, some of you have agreed, you've said that it's Paul. No problem. Even though he didn't say whatever, the author of Hebrews, thank God is in the Bible, right? We'll deal with that later. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11 had done a wonderful job to really, really explain what faith is. And the simple thing about faith is that faith is not an emergency tool, right? Faith is not a tool that I exercise when I'm in trouble. That's the problem with like half of the Pentecostal believers, right? Faith is not what I exercise when I'm in trouble. Faith is how I live. Faith is my relationship. That, that's essentially what the author of Hebrews did. So in, in, in Hebrews 11, he talked about faith, the dynamics of faith, the results of faith. But then in Hebrews 12, he shifts suddenly into this whole dialogue about, about pleasing God and doing the will of God. And then he goes back into Israel and he's trying to... Yeah. No, that, that shows the battery's going out. Yeah, let me have that. Is that okay? Amen. Yeah. Okay. So now, so he, he, he literally shifts into, into this scripture from after talking about faith and he begins to, he begins to look at, can, do you guys mind if I take this off? Is that okay? Not everything has to be pre-tain service, you know, you could just, amen. Let me just take it off. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So he shifts into this thing and he begins to talk about this experience and this experience that Israel had that the author of Hebrews is referring to in the book of Hebrews literally just has this very key concept. The things that they saw, the things they chose to see, the things they heard and how they interpreted it. Those are, those are, that's why I call it, I call it, um, sound, voice, right? Lens and sight, right? Those are very um, key important things in our relationship with God or in the expression of the kingdom. And without handling these things carefully, it doesn't matter what encounter or what experience we have. If we don't know these four key elements. So what, what the author of Hebrews is dealing here with is these are things that allow us to experience the kingdom at a higher level or ignoring these four things I mentioned can cause you a limitation in kingdom experience. 
in, in the book of Hebrews chapter, chapter, are we still together? Please give me some time. Let me just establish this, then you get it. In Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 from verses 1 to 2, this is what the, uh, the author of Hebrews says. He says, long ago at times in many, in many ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophet. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things. Through him, um, um, he also created the world. This whole thing in Hebrews is a desert. If you miss the kingdom logic, I have a podcast called Kingdom Logic Podcast. If you miss the, the logic of the kingdom, this whole thing is centered. It's a conversation about the kingdom because even when you read um, Hebrews chapter 12, at the end, he summarizes intention. He says, we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Are we together? Right, so this whole dialogue, this whole narrative in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 11, it's really about lifestyle in a kingdom. Right, and lifestyle, I, I, repetition is the mother of learning, right? Lifestyle in a kingdom can either be progressive or restrictive, either by the sight, the voice, the lens that you have. Right. And we ought to know that as believers. So, in, 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 Hebrews, in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews might as well be called, um, in, in a sense, the book of knowing the context of God's voice or the lens by which we see God. Because the author of Hebrews, when you're, when you're reading the scriptures, I've, I've often taught this, when you read the Bible, don't read the Bible for like a medicinal purposes. That's what babies do. Right? Babies pick up the word and they just want word for today. Not word for eternity. <laughs> I'm not shading anybody, by the way. Just be clear. Right? Babies want, they want like a word just for now. Right? They don't want mature, long-term understanding. So the author of Hebrews, he literally opens up by talking about the current context in which we hear God. God's voice. He said, God in different times and in, in different seasons. Since he said, he spoke to us through the prophets. He says, now he's speaking to us through his son. Wow. There are two things here. Not only is there a change of the emphasis of God speaking, but he shows us that the voice of God often is framed within a context. I, I, I don't want to sound like those prophets. Can I prophesy? <laughs> you know, it's a weird people. Just weird people. I'm like, if you want to prophesy, prophesy. You don't need to ask for permission. If you have a word, say it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody say, can I, can I share God's word today? But I didn't want to sound like them. Can I pro? Can I prophesy? <laughs> and people like, preach, Papa, preach. <laughs> right on. Okay. Right. The voice of God is often framed within a context. We often framed within a dispensation. So, for example, the Bible says, God spoke to us through the prophets. And because God spoke to us through the prophets, the voice of God in that time was within the context and within the framework of the prophets. So, the, the revelation, the experience of the people was limited to that context. Does that make sense? Because that was the framework in which God spoke. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you an example. An example is, have you ever dealt with a situation where, let's say, you work in a company or for a company, you go in, and then you kind of see that 
there are better systems for doing the things that you do. But the company has a framework that right. The company has a framework in which they operate. So now you're there as an individual. You're like, why don't we do this? You're like, no, it's not a policy. Someone said, right. See that that is, does that make that is that is the context. It's almost like the framework determines the operations. The Old Testament was a framework. So it determined the experience. Now, it did not mean that just because there was, it didn't mean that that was all that there was to God. But it just meant that that was what was revealed. So, now, the author of Hebrews, to help us understand this revelation that he's bringing, because the revelation is the revelation of an unshakable kingdom. Right? He had to let us know, or I was going to say she, but, you know, God knows. Okay, the author had to let us know. So you're laughing. The author had to let us know that, hey, there's a change of framework and dispensation that governs this kingdom reality. So if you don't shift into the new framework, so he starts by saying, he says, God at different times spoke to us through the prophets. In these days, he's speaking to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. The, the author of Hebrews even labors to go further to let us know the, the credibility of God speaking to us through Christ. He begins to say, Jesus has obtained a more excellent name than angels. He's saying that this message, this message of the gospel we're hearing was not even delivered through angels. Right? He was saying, for, for you to know the, um, the, the accuracy of the message, the potency of the message. Does that make sense? God could have given Elijah a message and Elijah made a mistake. Jesus didn't. That's what I'm saying to you. God could, could have given Moses a message. I'm not saying that the things that Moses wrote were not right. What I'm trying to say to you is that God could have given all these other messengers. But Jesus, the Bible says, is the express image of the invisible God. John boldly declares, he says that no man has seen God at any time except the only son who was in the bosom of the father. In other words, everyone else that communicated about God spoke from a shadow. Jesus spoke from a reality. Right? If you don't understand these things, your believing is not secure. So, what, 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 this, what this starts off with in the book of Hebrews is that the reality here is that, number one, there is a framework to the voice of God. God speaks within a framework does god speak every time yes he does right but the voice of god is not just heard the voice of god is administered can i can i break that down a bit right okay i've heard a lot of people say god told me god told me when i look at what they said god told them with the nature of god i'm like this can be god so, I don't care if you heard, I don't care what you heard, right? Okay. Let, 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 let me give you an example. God speaking within a framework. I feel like each of these things, I don't know why I, even, why I bother myself. I feel, I feel like each of these things, voice has to be one week, sound has to be another week. Then, <laughs> But let me just see where God takes us, right? Let me give you an example. An example is, if, some, if someone you trust, Everyone look at me. Someone you trust. You trust the person. Like this person is a, like they were born a seer. They say seen in their mother's womb. 
the person comes to you and says, I had a vision. And God said, you should go to the cross and crucify yourself. Oh, okay, let me, okay. Oh, the person says, I had a vision. God said that. <laughs> Flora is intrigued. <laughs> she, okay, I had a vision, and God said, God said that you should go and find a, a goat or a, I don't know, like a sheep or something like that, and, and, and you know, cut the neck so that the blood can be spilled so that you can be forgiven. But this person is an excellent though. What? What? What do you do it? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Which veil? The wedding veil. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it? But this person has a track record. Okay, so let's say, for example, this person told you what you wore yesterday. Like yesterday, maybe they've not seen you. But to be fair, these days you don't know some of these prophets on Instagram. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Uh -huh. Okay, so let's say the person told you what you ate. Of course, they don't have CCTV in your house, so that you ate, you ate bread and I was gonna say bread and puff puff, but that won't be quite right. <laughs> but okay, so you had bread and egg, uh, bread and egg and this, and the person told you everything that you did in the week. Basically, how you said you only drink water, but every day you drank Pepsi. I'm confessing my fault. <laughs> okay, basically, if the person told you, but after everything, after the accuracy of events, then I'll say to you, but one of the things I feel God is saying you should do is to just, just get, get a goat and kill it for your sins. Why wouldn't you listen? Right, so the, the, the voice of God has a framework. Does that make sense? The voice, the amount of people that have been deceived by their own dreams Simply, do you, do you know why people have dreams that don't come to pass, but in those dreams, they have, it's almost like the, the, the dreams are better than K-drama. The way you would dream, does that mean, you would dream, you would dream, you know, have you had some dreams where it's almost like sequence, very well organized? Have you, have you had those kind of dreams? Especially dreams that you're marrying someone. Hey. Ha! Those dreams, in fact, they sell you dreams. <laughs> right? And, and sometimes it's because we don't understand the framework, the context of God's voice. In fact, when it comes to the voice of God, this is what the author of Hebrews said. He said this. Are you ready for this? He said God, he didn't say God is speaking to us. He said, God has spoken to us. Now, before you think, I don't believe in the current voice of God. I do. And we need it. But if you don't understand the spoken of God, you can never understand the speakings of God. Now, I don't care how you judge me with my English, basically, but you get what I'm saying. If you don't understand what God has spoken, you will not understand what God is saying. And many people are missing what God is saying because they don't understand what God has said. Because the Bible says that Jesus, that God has spoken. When he says God has spoken, there it, seems to, to, it seems to say that, that there is a finality to the voice of God. Does that make sense? So that every time we are not imagining, when I found people struggling to find what is God's will, is because they don't know who God's will is. 
Do you see what I'm saying? The will of God is summarized in a person called Christ. So if you don't know the will, the person, you would always try to find the will in isolated situations because you don't know the will. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? If you're close to someone, you know what they're likely to do. Right? You see, all the time we say, God, show me. Show me your will. Should I marry Peter or Paul? Or James or John? Because you got a whole list of apostles now following you. Right? Is it Chantel or Shaniqua? Would, you, see, you see all of this stuff that, and, and guess what? Guess what? It so bothers us because we're insecure. We don't know every season is a new thing. God, what car do I buy? God, I'm just like, wow. So the issue is this, and this is what, the, can I just link this a little bit? This is what the author starts in Hebrews 11 to help us understand this faith life. That this faith life cannot be on, based on individual circumstances. It has, to be, it has to be about understanding the spoken of God. Jesus, I love what Reverend Prince said when he came once. He said, Jesus is the spoken of God. Jesus is what God has said. God has finished speaking, but he's still speaking because he fin he's finished speaking. <laughs> okay, some of you guys, that's interesting. God has finished speaking. And because he's finished, he's still speaking because he has finished speaking. In other words, God has determined what he's going to do and finalized and accomplished. And because he's done that, now he's saying, this is it. This is what I've done. God is not speaking without a context. God is speaking and pointing. Does that make sense? God is speaking and making reference so that there is no confusion, absolutely no confusion at all when the voice of God comes. Because when the voice comes, we now know what he has said, so we know what he's saying. Are we still together? What's the time? Okay. So, in the, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter, are we, are we getting this so far, guys? Okay. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, one of the first things that the author of Hebrews wanted the people of God to know, drawn from that encounter, was about the voice of God, right? But also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and see how I finish it, if I, even if it's next week. Also, there isn't just the voice of God. The kingdom, yes, is really about the voice of God, right? The voice of the king matters. But one of the very first experiences in the kingdom is the sound of the kingdom. Now, by sound, I'm, not, I'm talking about worship, right? But there is something called the sound of the kingdom. Can I teach you a little bit? In the upper room, before they had any experience, the first thing they heard was a sound. The Bible says a sound filled the room. Right? A sound filled the room before any experience. Right? In Exodus 19, the Bible doesn't just say, say God spoke. The Bible talks about there were sounds. Right? Sound is a powerful thing. In the book of Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says that the, 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 the angel sounded, the, the seventh angel sounded the trumpet. And then it was said, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, 
The Bible says that there was a sound as the bones came together. So one of the symbolisms of the kingdom is not just the voice of God. It's the sound of the kingdom. Right? And the sound is so powerful. So another expression of the kingdom that allows us is understanding, understanding the sound of the kingdom. The sound of the kingdom, it's not, it's interlinked with the voice of God. Please hear this carefully. I will break this down. Just please be patient, whether it's two weeks, three weeks. The sound of the kingdom, yes, is interlinked with the voice of God, but the sound always precedes the voice. Does that make sense? So when you hear the sound of the kingdom, it doesn't mean that you've heard in, in, in full the voice of God. So let me, let me give you an example, right? If there is a sound, how many of you, you know, you, you, you lived in proper student accommodation, not that you were rich and then, you know, your parents kind of put you in some like, uh, you had like, what's it called now? Like a whole house to yours. You lived in student accoms, like, uh -huh, uh -huh. right. So, you know that, that fire drill that they do? Yeah, they do some random fire drill every now and then. The, the, the... The one, the practice, the test, oh, the, the test ones. Okay. Whenever you hear that sound, it catches your attention. Right? So because, but you know what's happening. Okay. Now, the one that, the one that you don't know what's happening, when the sound comes, you don't, you don't know exactly what's happening, but it mobilizes you. But you don't have facts. So if, for example, there was, there was a fire alarm in this place, right? We know it's a fire alarm. But we don't know what's happening. So just because I've heard the sound doesn't mean I have the knowledge. So when I come into the kingdom first, the sound of the kingdom draws me. Does that make sense? The sound of the kingdom attracts me. What sound does is that sound mobilizes. Right? Sound mobilizes. Okay. Let me, let me give you, a, let me give you a, a tiny bit. How many of you, you're just... On, on, on a random day you're, and then you begin, to, you begin to hear songs in your inside. Does that make sense? So, sound is so powerful that all you emojis and women of God, when you go to like um, parties, they could be playing da -da 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 -da, and you're deep in the spirit but you don't know where your leg begins to go. <laughs> Does that make sense? This, that's the power of sound. Sound mobilizes. The Bible talks in the book of 1 Corinthians about, it calls, it calls, essentially calls it sounds of distinction. Right? And it tells us that there are some instruments that when you hear the instrument, you know that is the sound of war. Right? You know. So the kingdom has a sound. And, and all God was trying to teach. Are we, do, are we getting this? Please, please, please just stay with me. It's, I have to try and break it down, but, but I know we'll get it right uh oh thank you holy spirit i'll ignore that yeah anyway <laughs> right so all god was trying to teach his people in the book of exodus right was the patterns the symbolisms of the kingdom and the meaning of the kingdom the sound of the kingdom it it draws you but in the same way that you have the sound of the kingdom you have a counterculture sound. You have a different sound that is not the kingdom sound. 
And the thing about sound is this, is that sound melody is so powerful that words don't necessarily need to be attached to it for you to be attached to it. So for example, this is sound. Prophetic. Thank you, Kwelumi. So I'm going to use it. Can you say this is sound now? This is an example. I'm not, this is not a music class. This, I hope you understand this. Okay. This is sound right now. Right? You're not hearing. I wanted to take a particular key there, but I'm not like the worship team. Come and let your presence fill this place. Fill this place. Come and let your presence fill up our praise. Did I mix it up? But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. But can you see it now? I could add words to that. But... For this sound to have had impact on you, the words were not even necessary at first. It has the power, I put it this way in my notes, that sound has the power to lure you. Right? And the thing about sound is the sound can be so subtle. So it can lure you. So for example, if you are sad, there's a sound that you can release. Some of you guys, your music is so mellow. Like, even if you tell me that you need prayer, I'll be like, yeah, if the music you're listening to is so low mood. You're low mood. Is, like, I mean, why do you get boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right? Okay, so what here, here is it. Sound can lure you, but sound is so subtle. And in the same way that you have the sound of the kingdom, the expression of the kingdom, so it is that you have the sound of darkness that is hidden in culture this is the point and i'm not talking about music i'm speaking meta metaphorically now and the thing about this sound is that it doesn't even it doesn't need to be so obvious and so in your face basically it just needs to be catchy does that make sense it just needs to be catchy there are things that you're not exactly doing you're not in them but the sound is luring you you're not hearing the voice yet does that make sense yeah you're, you're not you're not because because it, okay think of it this way if a king is coming right oftentimes there's a sound that precedes sound always precedes right and the simple thing here is that although there is a sound of the kingdom, the Bible says that the, seven, the angel released the sound and it was said that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Yes, there is a sound of the kingdom that draws us to God. The sound of the kingdom, for example, is what drew some of you to GN. Does that make sense? You heard something. You heard the, the, the sound almost carries an essence, a flavor. You heard something and you were like, yeah, I get this. I connect. I haven't heard all of the doctrine. But in the same way, there are sounds that you can hear that lures you in the opposite direction. Right? There are whispers. Right? There are whispers. There are, there are people you can be around that carry certain sounds. That carry certain vibes. <laughs> right? And what these sounds are doing is that, and because the Bible says sounds carry distinction. What these sounds are doing is they are luring you from the life of the kingdom. You're not in the world, but you're partaking of the sound. Does that make sense? And because sound is so is soothing, it's, 
It's melodic. Using that as a metaphor. Right? It's, 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 it, I'm just thinking of, of Samson and Delilah. Does that make sense? She was just giving him lullaby. Sleep, baby, sleep. <laughs> right? But Samson, he didn't, he didn't fall immediately. See that? He didn't fall once. He didn't fall, but it was just that, that subtle, that subtle sound. God wanted to teach his people about the power of what you really give your ears to. Not necessarily sometimes in depth of information, but there's a, there's a realm of spirituality that you take no chances. Right? You take no, you take absolutely no chances with your walk of faith. You take zero chance. You don't allow the slightest thing to come next to you. Sound. One of the most powerful expressions of the kingdom in the book of Acts chapter 2. The first thing that God released for them to be captivated and captured before any experience was sound. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the Bible begins to talk about what they heard. But then sound is not just the deepest element. There is voice. <laughs> right? Okay. I'll start this part and then finish it next week. The powerful thing about the voice is this. If you have, you, have you ever had situations where you are kind of just, you're in a place and certain thoughts come to your mind? For example, you may die. You may die early. You will not accomplish anything. Right? Okay. Um, all these kind of negative thoughts. Right? You see, those things have to modulate voice. Right? You are, when you're, when, you're, when you're dealing in the realm of sound impacting you, it can mostly impact your emotions. Right? The voice informs your mind in that sense. So, you're doing what you're doing in your day, and this random thoughts and what people don't understand is stuff like that is called the whisperings of the enemy and and i don't have a problem with it honestly but then what we do is we spend time sitting in front of therapists who would only get us to a certain level but sometimes not understand the spiritual dynamics of what we're talking about in kingdom operations there isn't just a release of sound there is the, there is the reality of voice this is, when it comes to the voice of God, the vo God can speak to you. Now, hear me by the Spirit of God. God can speak to you and you will not hear him audibly. You'll hear him in your spirit. I'll give an example. I've had times where God has spoken to me. At the time that he was speaking to me, I did not hear him. But in the working out of pursuing him, I realized that I heard him. Does that make sense? 
So when it comes to the voice of when it comes to the voice of God, this is how you know you, you, when you hear the voice of God, the expressions are moments where you begin to feel edified. You begin to, you know, those moments where you feel just inspired that you want to do something. You're not just being inspired. The voice of God is active behind the scene. But it's because we don't know that it's the voice of God, so we think it's just us, and then we stop. Right? But similarly, the administration of the voice of the adversary is what you find and experience. And this is why when the Bible was describing to us the temptation of Jesus, the Bible put it in the context of what Satan said to him. Right? I personally believe that those things happened in the realm of the mind for Jesus. But when the Bible is showing us, the Bible is showing us that there was an active voice behind those thoughts. Does that make sense? The word of God shows us that. So there isn't just sound when it comes to dealing with the kingdom. Right? There is voice. There is the voice of God. And the, the author of Hebrews is keen to let us know in fact about the essence of God's voice. The importance of the voice of God. And that we cannot, we cannot appreciate the voice of God in a kingdom dimension if we don't understand what he has spoken in Christ. So, there are some things, I've been saying this for weeks, there are some things God would never say to you beyond the level that you understand the new covenant, which is his voice. Does that make sense? Sometimes, the level to which God, it's, it's like, think of a child. Right? There are some conversations I'm not having with David. Sorry, David. I love you, though. Right? There are some conversations I'm not having with David because the level to which I can have those conversations is, is up to the level of his understanding. The level to which I grow in the administration of the voice of God is the level to which I understand the spoken of God Christ. So, what is it? I can hear the sound of the kingdom, I can be lured. Are we together? I can hear the sound of the kingdom. I can be lured by the sound of the kingdom. But I essentially don't understand the voice of God. Even though I've been lured. But even though I've been attracted. Hey, this is what I think has happened to a lot of believers. Please, what's the time? Sir? One or two, okay. This is what has happened to a lot of believers. Right? You have heard, people have heard the sound quite alright. But they have not yet come to the voice. Do you see that? They've heard the sound. Are we together? But they've not come to the voice. The voice of God is not, the voice of God is not just sound. The voice of God is his essence. In the book of Genesis, the Bible says concerning Adam and Eve, the Bible says, now watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, the voice of God walked in the garden. That's what it says. That's what it says. What? The voice of God walked? That's what it says in the book of Genesis. In, in the days of Adam and Eve. It says the voice, what do you mean, the, like, what does voice, look, voice walking look like? The Bible says that the voice walked. So the voice of God is the personality of God. The voice of God is not just the sound of God. The voice of God is the essence, the personality of God. 
So I go from hearing the sound of the kingdom, a sound of distinction, a sound that attracts me, that brings me into the kingdom. But I must go beyond, I must go beyond the sound. I have seen people, look at me everyone, I've seen people who have had great experiences with God and they remain at an introductory level. Yeah, I've seen that. If they tell you, have you seen people that knew that you've been praying fasting 100 days? The kind of encounter that they've had with God. You haven't, they're like, God, ah. Like, you find something, they're like, oh yeah, you know. They're not even probably born again. I went to heaven. I'm like, you went to heaven? Ah, some of us have been fasting. <laughs> We've been praying. Ah, is it that, what, like, is, what, how did, did you corner God or? Right? But just because they heard the sound doesn't mean they knew the voice. My sheep know my voice. The Bible says that the voice of God, when I saw that, I said, what? The voice of God walked in the garden. So the voice of God is the person, of, is, the person is the essence of God. So I, not, I then go from just hearing the sound of the king. I'll give you practical things of what you can do as, as I get ready to close. I go from, but now this is the thing. If I hear the sound and I know the voice, I have another thing I must deal with. You know, the next one is the issues of sight and lens. And those issues, they deal with interpretation. <laughs> right? So I can hear the voice of God. But if I don't deal with the issues of my lens, I can interpret the voice of God in the context. Just as the voice of God functions in a particular context, how I interpret is dependent on my worldview. So that is why God can say something to you. You heard God correct. It's not that you didn't hear. But by the time you took what God said to your context, it had a different interpretation. That's why even the Bible talks about prophecy. And it tells us that if one prophesies, he says, let, and because someone can, in the spirit, I can see accurate. Let's say, for example, let's say I see, I'm not, I'm not a greed or prosperity. Let's say I see dollars, dollars, dollars over you. Oh. <laughs> right? Okay, so I've seen dollars, dollars, dollars over you. But it could mean the riches of the spirit. Or it could mean you're going to America. <laughs> right? Does that make sense? It could mean someone is going to bless you. You're saying, hmm, you didn't say amen, I'm joking. It could mean someone son is going to bless you. It could mean save for the rainy day. Can you see that? So now I have seen. Right? But if, you know what they call a prosperity preacher? Do you guys know what a prosperity preacher is? Okay, so we, here we say, we don't call them, we call them greed preachers. So this is people that, they just, they just they, to be fair, they're just cheats. Like, what's the, another word? They are just like, they're thieves on the pulpit. Put it that way. Right, okay. So, now, but if all I have in my mind, I'm a money-only preacher, my, although I'm seeing, but my lens, my interpretation my framework, my doctrines will interpret the voice of God within the context of what I... So that's the, that's the problem that some of us have when it comes to experiencing the kingdom. We hear God quite alright, but we take God back to our context. We take God back to our framework. The one that, and, and those frameworks sometimes are cultural frameworks. Has this made sense so far? 
please forgive me. One of the problems I have is that I can't teach. I have a time problem. So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just being mindful. Yeah, please. Because I, I try every Sunday. Like, I do try, honestly. It's not that I just want to stand up and talk. <laughs> right? So, I can hear the voice of God. So, I hear sound. Remember sound? Sound attracts me. Sound brings me in. Does that make sense? Sound draws me. I see when people have heard the sound, they're so excited. They're like, ah, oh, yeah. They, 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 if, when people hear the sound, they're like, everything I've left in church, rubbish. See, that sound, the sound lures you. <laughs> Does that, but when you, when you come past the sound, you now settle, you go into the voice. But with the voice now, you move into the issues of lens and sight. Right? And what affects how you see is your, that's why, one of the things that I thought God was saying to me in the week is being washed by the word and in the word. We need to be brainwashed. Some of you guys are not sure. I mean, holy brainwash. Does that make sense? Because every truth that you're hearing, your context may be killing it. All right? So you've heard, if any man is in Christ is a new creation. You believe you're a new creation, that you are saved, but you feel like a new creation still, still carrying some generational curse. Which one is it? Are you a new creation or are you cursed? Right? You can take, and the Bible says, the word preached to them, these same people in the book of Exodus, did not profit them, being not mixed with faith. And I realized something, guys, watch this. That unbelief is not always per circumstance. So what we've done is we've learned to tackle unbelief in each situation. I need faith for my car. And I need faith for my wife. I need faith for Bay. And then I need faith for this. But I'm just thinking, man, if we have to do that for every single situation, it's going to be long. Right? Can I not just have faith in God? <laughs> Does that make sense? So every time we're in a situation, we feel like we have to muster special faith for that situation. Do you have faith in God? So I realize this, that unbelief sometimes is an issue of the lens that I put on. That unbelief is not always circumstantial. It can be cultural. So, for example, the Bible says that Jesus went to Nazareth and he could not do but a few miracles because of their unbelief. In other words, the unbelief in Nazareth was not even personal. It was environmental. If you lived in Nazareth, this guy, Jesus was manifesting. They were still saying, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But they knew he was born there. Right? The, you guys listen to me? If you want the word of God to profit you, there's some lens you have to take off. These things, they limit, and you will hear the word. You will hear, for example, someone comes and says, oh, I haven't heard God in the, so I'm like, oh, do I, do I do sign language in church? Because this message, this is not God. Like, <laughs> you know, people say that. They're like, God hasn't spoken. I'm like, so this word of God that we're hearing, is this Satan? Does that make sense? So, this is the voice of God. This is the word of God you're hearing. Right? But if you have a framework, a lens that you put on, 
that lens would cause you to interpret the voice of God differently. So the issue of lens deals with interpretation. And your lens spiritually, they matter. Because I told you, unbelief is not always... Unbelief can be cultural. It can be environmental. You can come from a family where the, cult, the unbelief is now a culture. Does that make sense? That maybe, can I go a bit deeper? Maybe there were certain barriers your parents didn't break. And every time you hear the word of God, it's, like, it's as though you meet, you heard that word, you heard the voice, but you meet that limitation there. Because you've been brought up under it. Let me give you an example. An example is, I don't swim. I've never in my life tried to swim. Water, from my perspective, is for two dimensions. You drink, and then you shower. Right? I've never, and the reason is, when I, was, when I was being brought up, I was brought up with this paranoia of water. People go, and they drown, and they swim. So, no matter what you say to me, even though I'm free in Christ, basically, I've chosen to not use my freedom to swim. <laughs> right? See, I was brought up with that. In the same way, sometimes we've been brought up you're like, oh, what happens, Apostle, if, um, if, if we're all about to drown? I will rapture. <laughs> right? Okay. But, but you can see what I'm saying, that sometimes you're bro- Jesus, we're talking about faith meets culture. Faith must not just meet culture. Faith must dominate culture. Mate, please don't. <laughs> we're not friends here. Faith must dominate culture. Faith has to, because culture is what we consume all around us. Right? So you have to, it's as though, this, this is why Hebrews 11, 33 says, people who through faith subdued kingdoms. It says, it says, obtain promises. I thought, what? The Bible says that they obtain justice. I thought, I thought ju- justice is what you say. Yes, my right. No, the Bible says you obtain it. Whew. That means you force it your direction. So I'm going to try and close on this, this third one. This, this lens inside, I just put it together. Right? So, in the kingdom, lens matters. Setting problems are not problems. Watch. Setting things we call problems, they are not problems. They are issues of lens. So, an example is, let's say, uh, um, we, we had a, well, when I say we had a camera, I see that camera has passed away. But people like Tola are so attached to our first camera. So, every time we say we want to sell it, he goes, yeah. Okay, so I'm just announcing we're selling a camera. <laughs> That's the end, so it's done now. Okay, so, so now we had a camera, and it was a Canon camera, a vlogger's camera, a nice camera. So we wanted to improve what we had. And what we did was we changed the lens first. We didn't change the body, <laughs> right? We changed the lens of the camera so that we could get better quality similarly this lens here it has a range so if i want to see further i have to put a lens that does a zoom lens this one is a prime lens i've become i've learned a bit right this is a prime lens something like prime yeah no not amazon prime prime as in prime as in it focuses within a certain range you can't zoom in and zoom out right so if i if i need to capture something that's distance if i get the right lens it's no longer a problem Certain problems 
are not problems. They are issues of my spiritual lenses. It's what I've put on. Are we together? It's what I've put on. So the Bible says that God sent spies to Canaan to go and spy the land. There were 12 spies. The Bible says when they got into Canaan, 10 of those spies came back to Moses and said, we went to Canaan. When we got to Canaan, they, it was almost like we almost died. They were like, we saw in Canaan, they said, we can't, they said no, no, this, this is where God is giving us. We can't take it. We, the people we said, they were like giants, were like grasshoppers. I mean, see, can you imagine thinking so low of yourself? And these were guys, I preach this often, these were guys that seen miracles. Seen the dead, seen, does that make sense? They had seen Pharaoh defeated. So they went and got, got, and the reason is God was taking Israel to the next level. But God had to separate and cut off that kind of unbelief from their camp. So he decided to do a test and sample the people. And he said, now I want you. God was saying to them, when they got out of Egypt, God did not need their lens, my God. He gave them a sound. <laughs> right? He gave them a sound. He gave them a, a picture. He gave them a, he, gave, he released something over them. He said, my own hand. But when, when they were about to come into the promise. Remember, the promise was for, was for them to become a kingdom people. When they were about to come into Canaan, now their lens was important. Coming out of Egypt, he didn't need their cooperation. He really didn't need it. But if they were going to exist in this Canaan, and Canaan was a kingdom dimension. So in this kingdom dimension, it was now necessary what lens. So God said to them, God said, go and spy Canaan. Go. Go and spy it. And essentially, God was saying, I will do according to the level of your seeing. So God says, go. And they went and they came back. Ten of them said, but guess what? There were two others that went with them. There was Joshua and there was Caleb. And Caleb said, he said, let us go up at once. He said, we are well able to take the land. How can people that have had the same experiences have different results? What 10 spies saw as a problem, Caleb saw as an opportunity. So that means problems are relative. <laughs> right? It just depends on your level and your lens. So some of the, that's why, you see some of the things that we've been praying, oh God, you haven't heard me concerning this. God has heard you. Just put on a different lens. Because those guys would have gone and said, God has put, No. And literally, Caleb looked and said, let us go up at once. We are well able. Someone who had been through the same reality, the same ex people who had been through the same reality and experiences as this guy, these guys had a different, so that means, watch this. Even, please everyone look at me. I want to say this. This is, this is key. This is dear to my heart. I know you're writing. God bless you. Thank God for Jesus. Right? This is dear to my heart. Even. Right, so even, even amongst, amongst believers, right, levels, spiritual levels are different. These spies and Joshua and Caleb, we're all brethren. But just because we're all brethren doesn't mean we see God at the same level. And the problem is when the majority, even in the church, try to influence the minority, 
So let me give you an example. If, if someone was to come, if you ask someone, what's, what's your, you know, we, are, we have now learned in the church, like talking like we're defeated is humility. I'm struggling. I just struggled. But glory to God, I just struggled. Now, I don't have a problem with that. See, that has become a testimony. When you struggle, admit that you struggle. But for that to become a norm, it's almost as though weakness is more celebrated than breakthrough. It's almost as though weakness is more, it's more, it's more celebrated than, than solutions. So even amongst, amongst believers, you, let me tell you something. There are two kinds of consecration you must, have, you, must, you must have as a believer. Can I tell you the two consecrations? You must firstly consecrate yourself from the world and then sometimes consecrate yourself from your brethren. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph had to, there was a season he had to be separated from his own brothers. That just because we all go to church doesn't mean we see God at the same level. Now, I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about application. And so if you're not careful about the people around you, in terms of how do they apply themselves to the word, they will bring you into their own operation. So that's why on the earth today, the number of people that are really operating at the level God wants, they're not a lot. Because most of us love this company. <laughs> like this same, we want to have the same story as everybody. Being Joshua and Caleb is not popular. Different lens. Different lens. And for you to get there, you have to break the lenses, the idolatry of the lenses that you've always had in your life and put on Christ as your lens. Are we together? And put on Christ as your lens. Because anything God does, you would interpret, if your lens is wrong, you would interpret God's voice, God's word to you with the lens that you have on, on you. And the word did not profit them being not mixed with faith. That's what the Bible says. And the word did not, I'm saying that again, and the word did not profit them being not mixed with faith. Some of us, our lenses are the way that we've always perceived ourselves. God says you are this way, but you've always had a lens that you are low. <laughs> you break the lens of your self-esteem. Listen, if you don't deal with it, it doesn't matter. Let me, you know, prophecy is not always going to be made manifest. Just because God says something to someone doesn't mean it would happen. Right? Certain prophecies, they just reveal the heart of God towards an individual. That an individual that's heard the heart of God doesn't mean that that will find expression. So if you don't consciously deal with it, so God, 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 can, God can see you now. God can see you struggling. And to encourage you, he can say, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And you look at it and you're like, the prophecy mocks your current circumstance. Right? Now, your responsibility is to take that correctly and interpret it correctly. And for you to do that, your lens. Your lens. So these are key things God teaches us as I get ready to go in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. In other words, 
if we work now this is the key if we work out this process correctly we have stability in the kingdom that's the point that's how that's why hebrews, hebrews 12, do you get it that's why hebrews 12 ends in that way he says we receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken that means wow we've come into an unshakable kingdom so that means our lives must be in order but if we don't deal with the sound, the voice, the lens, the sight, we will have no stability. And our experience, and that's why you can find you're constantly dreaming, constantly seeing visions, constantly having prophecies. Those could just be sounds. <laughs> right? You're constantly having that but then you're not finding root in you. You're not finding expression in you. You have to go for your worldview. You have to deal with the culture. Let's rise to our feet. You have to, you have to deal with the cultural issues. We're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. I want to wane mostly on this thing of how we enter. There's this thing called our worldview. I feel like God has to do something with our worldview. How we, how we see the world. Please hear this before we pray. This is important. The purpose, if you don't hear any other thing I've said today, please hear this. The purpose of the word of God is to bring us into the world of God. The purpose of God's word, right, is to bring us into the world of God. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is the world of God. The purpose of God's word is to bring us into the world of God. So if the word of God comes to you, but you don't begin to access the world of God, the reality of God, heaven is the world of God. The principles of heaven, that's the world of God. If you don't, you need to, then you realize, say, hey, there's, I'm hearing this thing, but there's, something's not connecting. And you don't fake it. Because something, I'm hearing all the, I'm hearing the principles, but something is not connecting. The Bible begins to give us what some of, it says, it calls them traditions of men. That's what it calls it. It says traditions. It says, it says, don't let anyone spoil you. <laughs> He says, don't let anyone, that means this, you see, these things, when we talk about culture, in that sense, there are things in culture that can spoil your Christian experience. He says, don't let anyone spoil you. He says, traditions of men. You can sit under the word all you like. If you don't smash certain lenses, you would always limit God to your lens, to your framework. Your lens is your spiritual framework. So some people have created conditions where God cannot manifest. Let's lift up our voices and begin to talk to the Lord.
Let's ask the Lord to, well, to help us by His Spirit. We don't want to be people that, we don't want to be people that just hear a sound. We don't want people that just hear a sound. We want to hear the voice, hear the voice of God. We want to hear the message, experience Him. And we want to be people that, that carry the right interpretation. The right interpretation. There are things that God has said to you. <laughs> yeah. The things God has said to you and the problem is your framework, it's your lens, it's how, how you see things. For some of us, the real issue is that we really don't know what Jesus has done for us. So we don't have the correct framework to, to judge and to align our lives. So we keep coming back to the same things because we don't understand what Jesus has done on the cross. Hebrews, Galatians, all of these scriptures, what they literally just are telling us is the framework on which we must see life, we must live life, we must see. The word must become your lens. The word must become your lens. There must be the washing. There must be a washing that must take place. The word must root out. The word must smash. The word must destroy every lens that we've put on that is not allowing the kingdom to find expression. Otherwise, it would be a complete waste of time. We will hear high apostolic revelation, high prophetic revelation. We will hear truth. We would hear all of this emphasis. But yet, we have created a context. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are smashing idols. We're smashing idols because some of these things are idols. They are idols. They're things that we now give our attention to. We don't believe certain things that God has said because we believe that some things have always been part of us. In the name of Jesus Christ this afternoon, we dismantle idols. 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 What idols do is that they, they convert your sight. You are influenced by the one that you're submitted to. The way that you see the world. What, what you worship determines your worth. It reveals your worth. It reveals your worth. We are shifting in this season as God's people. And I say to you this. That if you're going to chain this around, understand the spoken of God. In these days, he has spoken to us through the person of his son Jesus. And because he has spoken to us through Jesus, Jesus remains the framework upon which God establishes this unshakable kingdom. We receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So Father, in Jesus' name. Release upon us fresh lenses for your word. Fresh lenses for your word. Fresh lenses for your word. Help us to see 
as you see. Help us to hear as you've spoken. Thank you because you hear us always. I feel like the Lord is dealing with someone in the house. And I don't know, this is even strange, but the word I just had was the feel that you're not attractive. I think it's as strong as you just concluding that you're actually ugly. And I don't know how, I don't know how far that has um, crept into other areas of your life and your self-esteem and you don't feel like you look good and all of that stuff. And the Lord knows you and he, lo he knows you by name. The Lord says it's a lens and it has to be broken. He says it's a lens and it has to be broken. Because you would always interpret everything that he's trying to do with that limitation. The Lord says, I'm giving you a new lens by which you will see yourself. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Sweet Holy Spirit. Spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom, breathe upon us. We, it, it must not be said that we received such a dispensation and we were not able to live out the kingdom. Father, root out traditions, traditions of men. I'm going to pray one more prayer and it's sound related. Some of us, we have heard sounds that have mixed with our spirit. You know, you know the analogy I was, I was talking about when Maybe you've been somewhere, you've heard a particular sound, melody, and then one day you're just by yourself and it comes back. And you don't realize that your spirit recorded it or your soul recorded it. Some of have, uh, we have recorded certain things, right, from, from history, from how we grew up. It's as though these things, we didn't realize that they've, not, they've now become part of our soul. Right? But it was just a sound. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything atmospheric that you have inherited. Unknowingly. By the legal finished works of Christ. The word of God says that. And you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. I declare that there is a superior atmosphere in you. And that by nature of that, the Bible says, what fellowship has light with darkness? So by the superiority of the nature and the atmosphere of God, in Jesus' mighty name, we drive out in the soul every, every encoding from every sound that has been heard knowingly or unknowingly. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we drive out every impartation that has come from strange sounds like family sounds and in the name of the lord jesus christ i stand in christ in god and i declare that it has no authority or hold over you in the name of the lord jesus that whatever has become one with your soul the word of god says that he that is joined to the lord is one spirit with him i stand in christ in god and i declare that it has no legal hold over you 
Now let the sounds of the Lord begin to go forth. Let the sounds of the Lord begin to go forth. The Bible says that the voice of the Lord is like the voice of many waters. In the name of the Lord Jesus, let the sounds of the Lord begin to go forth again. In the name of Jesus, this week you will capture divine sounds. You will capture divine sounds in the name of Jesus Christ. You will capture divine sounds in your soul. Some of you in the name of Jesus this week, I begin to prophesy that songs will begin to drop in your spirit that capture, that capture the sound of heaven, the sound of the kingdom. There is a sound. There is a kingdom sound. There is a definite sound. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak the heralding of a new sound over your life. I deal with the issue of the lenses in the imaginations, my God. In the mind, in the mind, in the mind. Lenses, things, imaginations, things that are now like they become mindsets. By the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that you see differently. Put your hands on your head. I declare that you see, I don't, I, this is not, we didn't just come to just talk. This wasn't a talk. This was in a talk, in your imaginations, in your mind, right? Societal construct, <laughs> right? Yeah, societal construct. Uh, yeah, those ones that have been normalized, that they're normal. It's expected that this is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We break mental limitations. God is bigger than your mind. God is bigger than your mind. God will not be limited to how you think. In the name of Jesus Christ, adapt and conform to the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit, supersize the thinking and the mind of your people. Where they have, they have already received certain verdicts as conclusive. Lord, would you turn it around? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 So, Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. Come and thank him. We give you praise. We give you glory. I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have new interpretation for your life, my God. I say you have new interpretation for your life. You have new interpretation for your seasons. You have new interpretations for the struggles you've been having. You have new interpretations for the challenges. You, in the name of Jesus, you begin to see ways where there are no ways. You begin to see ways where you begin to see differently. You have divine interpretation. Interpretation matters. You begin to receive the interpretations of the Lord concerning your life, concerning your seasons. You will not give up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we have to get out of your way. Otherwise, I'm going to be here praying for long. In Jesus, come on, let's give our hands to Jesus. Let's exalt Jesus.